This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO. Missoula's News and Weather Station. Hey, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Monday, brand new week now, Monday, February 26th edition of Talkback. Talkback this morning brought to you by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. No matter how cold it might get, even though spring is on the, on the rise, Gomer's has everything you need to make sure your rig starts every single time. Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts service at Palmer and West Broadway. Also brought to you by Phillips Janitorial. Whether it's your home or your business needs cleaning, you give them a call because no job is too big or small for Phillips at number 406-260-6617. Also brought to you by Y West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way. If you want to need a, if you need a storage unit, call for availability at 406-510-0590 at Y West. They're making room for you. And by Harrington Surgical Supply, where their mission has always remained to restore confidence and comfort into your daily life. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Well, it is a brand new week. Good morning, everyone. That's Mr. Nick Christensen right over there. How are you, sir? Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, stand by. Try that. Okay, hi. Doing, doing good. <laughs> I'm still learning this job. <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome aboard. Good to have you along. It's open phones. It's raining. It's kind of a dreary sort of day out there. <sighs> Ugly Monday. We're supposed to get, like, snow, right? Are we? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the weather forecast. I, I, now, see, here's the deal. I actually put my highway tires in the back of my car, right? Oh, boy. And uh, I was going to go over to the place where I get my tires changed out and uh, and change them out on Saturday morning. And uh, I had a friend who saw, was said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to be swayed. He says, don't you know there's a big snowstorm headed our way Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to be inundated with snow. You're going to want your snow tires. Okay. All right. So you left them. On. So, so what's that? I say. So you left them on. No, I, I, you... I, I left my snow tires on. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All right. So there you go. I, I, I'm. It's a cruel joke as always. <laughs> but we have Susan waiting to talk with us on the phone this morning. Susan, good morning and welcome. Good to hear from you. Well, we're getting snow. Okay. I just we have snowflakes. Oh, you do. Okay. On good. Garrett. Good. 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 On, on Garrett, we have snowflakes. Tiny snowflakes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Um, did you see on the Associated Press Wire anywhere that uh, Denny Reberg has jumped back into oh, the yeah. congressional yeah, he, race? He, he did okay. it this past yeah, Friday. Yeah, he, he made the announcement last uh, this past Friday, yeah. Oh, okay. Because I saw a banner floating across my news program over the weekend that he had, and I thought, was that a mirage? Nope. Okay, so now how many do we have in there now? Ten? Well, uh, I, I know we have uh, Matt Rosendale. He's he's uh, called off his Senate run, so I'm assuming he's going to run for re-election. Uh, we have uh, Troy Downing, who is in the race on the Republican side. Uh, and, of course, we have Mr. Reberg also running on the Republican. I, I'm not Elsie sure. Elsie Arnson, too? Or oh, yeah, Elsie Arnson. Yeah, but I'm not sure who's running as a Democrat. Well, I, if they are, they're pretty nameless. I haven't, but they're already running negative ads on Rosendale on the television. Oh, yeah. 
So, well, he, well, he is. I mean, the Democrats really have a lot of money to spend. I don't know. I mean, the media, and I guess radio is finally getting some of that revenue, but um, television is really getting a lot of revenue. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think voters need to realize that the negative ads they're seeing are coming from the dark money that is funding the negative ads. And um, it's you know, the, the Democrats are rolling in cash. Well, I, I, will, so, I, I, will, I will tell you that I, I have heard for this election cycle, over $100 million has been uh, uh, allocated for uh, various uh, Senate and, uh, and House races throughout the country. And what we're already seeing it here in Montana, we're deluged with ads. You know, so what can you do? Oh, no, no. There's already been um, in Montana alone already $95 million has already been spent by testers, uh, by testers side, right. not by anybody else's side. $95 million already. So people who are claiming that they think, you know, the, the Republicans are the wealthy ones. No, it's the Democrats that have the money. And uh, they are not on the side of the little guys. They're on the side of the wealthy. Anyway, I'm going to go. All right. Thanks. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Thanks, Susan. Always good to hear from you. We're going to come right back. We have Dave and Jeff both waiting to weigh in on open phones. Ladies and gentlemen, we have open phones until uh, until 9 o'clock this morning. And then we have the Indian Consul General coming into the studio with Bob Seidenschwartz. Dr. Reddy is his name. And he's going to be joining us uh, from 9 until 10, taking your phone calls as well. So it's going to be a very interesting morning on Talkback, which will continue right after this. Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast in the Town Square Weather Center, often on snow showers the first part of this week. But any snow that accumulates in the valley should stay under half an inch, although a little heavier snow is possible at past levels. The chance of snow could run as high as 60 to 70 percent at times through Wednesday. Mostly cloudy skies and temperatures cooler than the past few days, with highs near 35 Monday, around 30 degrees on Tuesday, and back in the upper 30s on Tuesday. Overnight lows down to 20 degrees and upper teens in the outlying areas. I know it's hard to believe, but I actually made a mistake. Stick. <laughs> uh, the the Indian Consul General uh, from Seattle is is the one that's going to be with us. Prakash Gupta, yeah, I believe he might be with us on the phone. He'll be on the phone. And uh, of course, Bob Seiden Shorts will be here in studio with us as well. So guide us in the right direction. All right, let's uh, let's get uh, some folks on the phone. It's open phones. Dave, good morning. You're on Talkback. What's up? Yes, a couple weeks ago you had Rick Zinke on on your radio. Right, Ryan Ryan Zinke. Oh, Ryan Zicky, excuse me. I'm, okay, uh, he said that he would not support money to Ukraine because the president hasn't spelled a specific reason for the money. And, you know, I object to that because, you know, we, as long as I can remember, we've given money to Israel over many, many years, billions and billions of dollars. In fact, they're our number one foreign aid recipient. And um, we haven't spelled out any specific reason for why we give the aid, just just for them to help them survive. So, I mean, I think that's a, a BS reason. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, he really should be more honest why he is opposing foreign aid to Israel, I mean, to, to Ukraine. Well, I, I think he, he gave the answer that best suited him, so I, I can't imagine why he wouldn't be honest. 
Well, well, then why why are we giving billions of dollars to Israel with a blank check? I mean, I mean, isn't he being isn't he being kind of two faced by saying Israel deserves the, the money and Ukraine doesn't? Um, I mean, it's just and well, to not change the subject too far. Uh, September twenty second, twenty twenty two, Republicans blocked request by the Democrats to shine a light on dark money. And it was voted down because the Republicans blocked the dark money. All right. All right. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Appreciate the call. All right. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Jeff is up next. Jeff, good morning. It's open phones on TalkBack on this Monday. What's up? Hey, good morning. So happy it's Monday. Hey, Catherine, I'll put you on hold. Uh, Yes, sir. What's going on? I'm... I'm going to put in the worry of the week early that um, apparently investigators at Stanford Medicine unveiled a new artificial intelligence model. Okay. And they used it to uh, go through a large data sets of brain scans. And now hold on to your seat, Peter, because this is going to stun you. All right. They found out that. Women are different from men. <laughs> well, uh, if, if, if you want to revise that to say women are superior to men, that might uh, make more people happy. But, uh, yeah, the di- different is good. Well, they were more than 90% successful at determining whether brain scans came from a man or a woman. Uh-huh. So there are differences in the male and the female brain in addition to all the other obvious stuff. But I just wanted people to know that I guess AI is uh, is sexist or genderist. Well, perhaps someone should uh, should sit them down and have a someone should sit them down and have a nice long talk with them at AI. Uh, It's it it, to me, I think, is going to be one of the major catastrophes in the twenty first century. Well, I, I I will tell you this. I, I was just reading a story. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but uh, there's there's a a video. It's gone viral. Uh, there was there was a woman who happened to be a professional golfer who was uh, uh, practicing at a uh, you know a driving range, and a, a gentleman, a well-meaning gentleman, came up and says, "You know, I I think I can really help you with your swing, ma'am." And <laughs> and I guess it's just gone viral. And, uh, the, you know, the, uh, once they realized who each other was, uh, there was a lot of laughter and, oh, yeah, sorry about that, that kind of thing. But it, it did go viral. And so, yeah, there you go. On, on and on we go. In, in something a little more serious, uh, Google put out last week their, uh, their AI image generator, Gemini. Okay. Have you heard about that? No. Oh, I, I have heard about Gemini, uh, Gemini, but uh, I don't have any uh, necessary details. Yeah, and it, apparently they wrote it so that whatever your inquiry is, they put it puts in the word diverse and brings <laughs> back diverse pictures. So, um, uh, columnist James Lilacs from the Star Trib out of Minneapolis put in uh, asked about the typical n- n- North Dakota farmer. And it said it couldn't do typical because that was just too general. Would not be fair to uh, all all uh, classes of people. So he put in uh, just a North America, a North Dakota farmer, and it returned with a black man. That's not either here nor there, even though uh, 
North Dakota is probably what ninety eight, ninety nine percent white. That's correct. Yes. Um, but then, but then he asked for a picture of George Washington, and it came back with a picture of a young black man as George Washington. Wow! And it would not, it would not um, allow uh, him to search for Norman Rock, Rockwell pictures because uh, that was considered. Uh, 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 Norman Rockwell was a dangerous. He did not. He was not diverse enough. So Google has come out and apologized and withdrawn it, and they said it was it was some mistakes that they made, and they're going to fix them. <laughs> okay, uh, but but it's just one of those things that uh, you go really. You really want to be that blatant about uh, you know, you know um, what's going on? Perhaps you know, per- perhaps it would be I a. Think- go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's right. I was going to say, perhaps it would be uh, appropriate to say, why don't you just butt out, you know? <laughs> just just tell Google and all those folks just to butt out. Let us think what we want to think and do what we want to do. Please, please, is that okay? It's, like, it's called freedom? I don't know, yeah. They couldn't control our, th- our, our perceptions, you know? Uh, if what we perceive as reality, then uh, they don't want to give that up. I guess not. And, and and the thing is, you know, I, I'm you know me, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but there is a cabal of people who uh, really do want to uh, shape society in the way they want it, all the way from Klaus Schwab, all the way to uh, Jeff Bezos, uh, uh, Bill Gates, a whole bunch of people who just don't think we're living our lives the right way. Well, the smart, rich people obviously know better, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jeff. Right. On that note, I will All right. back over to you. Jeff, thanks. Resume the normal programming. Thanks for the call. We have Catherine on the line. We'll, we'll get to her in just a moment. We're up against a break. Whatever might be on your mind this morning, it's open phones, 721 or 1-800-568-5309. Uh, all the way till 9 o'clock this morning. And then we'll have the Montana World Affairs Council Indian Consul General from Seattle, Gupta, uh, pardon me, Prakash Gupta, will be joining us on the phone. So all that's coming up a little bit later. Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life Made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity. Because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. 
Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Are you looking for more in this world? Are you ready for something bigger? Then we are looking for you. The big-hearted, the bold, the messy and the gutsy. The teachers, the growers, the builders. The skilled, the sharers, the change makers. We need you. We are the Peace Corps. In more than 60 countries, we go all in and all out. We are volunteers, partners, communities, working together, living together. Bringing our experience, passion, and joy to building a better world together. From tackling climate change in Mexico to keeping kids healthy in Kenya. From sustainable farming in the Philippines to education in Kosovo. We learn more, give more, share freely, and serve boldly. Are you ready to tackle the tough stuff to go the distance to make a difference? Then we have a place where you belong. Join us at PeaceCorps.gov. Hey, welcome back to Talk Back. 721-1290 is our number. It's open phone. So what's on your mind this morning? Start this brand new week of February 26th. Catherine is waiting uh, all through the break. Catherine, thanks for your patience. Go ahead. What's on your mind? Uh, good morning. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> this is out of Fox Business. Um, the EPA uh, recently finalized an air quality rule, and the manufacturing industry... Jay Timmons, who's the president and CEO of the National Association of Manufacturers, um, is talking about it. Uh, the regulation um, will decrease um, that uh, will decrease the amount of particulates that will be uh, allowed to be released into the air. It's referred to as the National Ambient Air Quality Standards, or PM two point five, and that's stricter than uh, in Europe. Um, and so what he's saying is that uh, in vast portions of the country, we will not be able to build new manufacturing facilities. Um, that it refers to particulate matter two and a half um, micrometers or less in diameter. So it's interesting to me that, uh, for example, if you want to compare it to other uh, places in the world, um, let's see. Uh, Shanghai, I believe, is at 29 um, micro... <clears throat> Let's see, where is it? Oh, num 93. The number is 93 micrograms per cubic meter. In China. And, uh, in, pardon? In China, right? Oh, in China. Yeah. The uh, average is three uh, for 339 cities is 29. <laughs> okay. 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 So... <laughs> Well, basically, you know, we're we're kind of getting to the point where there's there's no way to to do that, um, and so it'll shut down a lot of uh, of manufacturing jobs in the United States. Uh, the estimate is that uh, about one million jobs will be lost. Well, I, I, I was just I was just looking just looking this up. Uh, I just googled what you said, and here's here here's the uh -huh. official statement from Google. It says, "quote." 
by strengthening the annual health-based national ambient air quality standard for fine particulate matter, PM2.5, from a level of 12 micrograms per cubic meter to 9 micrograms per cubic meter, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's updated standard will save lives, preventing up to 4,500 premature deaths, dot, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, you know, when nobody can work because they, they can't uh, produce anything, well, you know, what kind of life are you going to be saving? Because Anyway, well, I, I just thought that was something that people should know. Well, everybody, I, I think everyone could agree. We should do the best we can to try to reduce emissions as much as possible, right? But And, and, and right. to try to have a healthful environment for everyone as much as possible. But there's got to be a balance there somewhere between what is possible and what is practical and, you know, uh, and, and even affordable. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I mean, look, we we produce pollution, if you will, um, just by breathing in and out, just by existing on this planet. So um, pretty, pretty much it seems like they want to uh, put it down to the point where we're not going to be able to exist properly <laughs> on this planet. Uh, it just seems to me that that's the way it goes. Well, well um, maybe so, Catherine. China and, and go the. Ahead. Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. What? No, it's just, but you know, China and uh, other places in the in the uh, world are are going to be allowed to continue. So, uh, just an interesting little thing that I thought uh, people might be interested in. So, anyway, there you go. All right. Well, thank you, Catherine. That's appreciate it. appreciate the call. Thanks for the update. <sighs> One of these days, somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder and say, Sir, uh, I think you've reached the age where we uh, 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 we don't need you anymore. And so if we remove you, that will be that much less pollution you can, uh, you can, you can contribute by breathing in and breathing out. So, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I'm sure all of us, all of us would, would happily, uh, yeah, say, okay. What do you want me to do? Should I just like get a clothespin and put it on my nose or or what? I anyway. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. We're gonna come right back. Uh, by the way, the phone lines are open at uh, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. Or or you can use the KGVO app and you can download that right to, from the app store right onto your phone. So we'll be right back after this. Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast in the Town Square Weather Center, often on snow showers the first part of this week. But any snow that accumulates in the valley should stay under half an inch, although a little heavier snow is possible at past levels. The chance of snow could run as high as 60 to 70 percent at times through Wednesday. Mostly cloudy skies and temperatures cooler than the past few days, with highs near 35 Monday, around 30 degrees on Tuesday, and back in the upper 30s on Tuesday. Overnight lows down to 20 degrees and upper teens in the outlying areas. Okay, we are back on Talkback. Uh, 721 is our number. All of our lines are open if you have something on your mind this morning. And uh, that number is, uh, again, 721 or one 800 I was just uh, talking uh, a moment ago about the whole air quality thing. And um, I- I'm looking at a map that w- that was actually furnished by, let's see, uh, actually by the EPA. And it says here, looking at the a number of states... Uh, where there are these dark green are the ones most counties with monitors already meet 
the strengthened particle pollution standard. And according to this map, I'm looking at it, it looks like Missoula County is one of the ones that has already met that. So how cool is that? Uh, maybe we don't need to make any. Yeah, I, I, I can, you know, stop breathing so shallowly here in Missoula. So anyway. All right. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. We do have folks on the line. I understand Elena is up next. Good morning, Elena. What's on your mind? Oh, lots of things. Uh, first of all, we had another blackout this morning for about a couple of hours. Bummer. There was a circuit break. And uh, last Tuesday, we had another one. Not too happy about it. But this time, no phone service. Wow. Nothing. Not even cell phone. Land phone, nothing. Okay, so that brings me up to kind of what Catherine was headed towards. Right. And sort of like what you said. Now, you and I, Peter, we are, you know, around the same age. <laughs> I think I'm probably a little older than you, but go ahead. <laughs> and uh, remember that movie, Soylent Green? I do, yes. Well, nobody's making a damn cookie out of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, that brings me, there's a book, and I hope people don't, turn their head and shut their minds off when I mention this. It's called The UN's Agenda 2030 by Arthur Thompson. Okay. I'm reading it. It's not that long. It brings it all up to date from that Earth Summit back in 1992 to 2021. And if you don't think that everything we're going through is generated from these U.N. meetings, from the WHO, the CFR. Read this book and see. May, may There's I, a new one. May, may, I read the, may, may I read the preamble to you? Of what, the book? Yeah. Oh, sure. It says, this agenda is a plan of action for people, planet, and prosperity. It also seeks to strengthen universal peace and larger freedom. We recognize that eradicating poverty in all its forms and dimensions, including extreme poverty, is the greatest global challenge and an indispensable requirement for sustainable development. All countries and all stakeholders acting in collaborative partnership will implement this plan. We are resolved to free the human race from the tyranny of poverty and want to heal and secure our planet. We are determined to take bold and transformative steps, which are urgently needed to shift the world into a sustainable and resilient path. As we embark on this collective journey, we pledge that no one will be left behind the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and 169 targets which we are announcing today demonstrate the scale and ambition of this new universal agenda with a capital A. They seek to build on the Millennium Development Goals and complete what these did not achieve. They seek to realize the human rights of all and to achieve gender equality and the empowerment of all women and girls. They are integrated and divisible and balance the three dimensions of sustainable development, the economic, social, and environmental. The goals and targets will stimulate action over the next 15 years in areas of critical importance for humanity and the planet. So, go ahead. And that's a lot of, out of a lot of words. They wanted to have this completed, the New World Order, One World Order, by 2015. Unfortunately, people are waking up to what this is, 
and we throw a clog in the machinery. So it's taking them a little longer. There's another one I want you to watch out for because we already have groups here in Montana that have been collectively united for this one. It's called the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Okay, and I read it. It sounded cool. But then there's organizations just came up. There's a couple right here in Montana, how to influence the road. And so I'm going to leave you guys with that. A lot of homework. But again, please, every time you mention UN, people go and say, oh, for crying out loud, conspiracy theory. Believe me, it's not. All right. You guys have a great day, and Thank thanks for taking my you call. You bet. Thanks for the call. We're going to come right back. We have, we have Brad and Harry both waiting there to visit with us. 721 We're going to come right back after this quick time out. Hi, it's Steve Mann. To talk back, 721-1290 is our number. It's open phones for another oh, 18 minutes or so, and we have Harry waiting to visit. Harry, thanks for your patience. Go ahead, sir. What's up? Yeah, good morning. First of all, uh, Elaine is uh, psychic, I guess, because she just read my mind. Conspiracy theory. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I read it. I read it in the book. I read it on the internet. I saw it on a TV. Wow, it must be true. But anyway, uh, you know, uh, everything is a crisis, of course, and uh, even the well, like that uh, thing with the Gemini. Oh, they, you know, this. Okay, so they came out with a stupid program that showed no, didn't show any white people. If, and they had to pull it because it was a stupid program. They just, if they had a program that said they wouldn't show cats and just said do, show dogs, that would be, they would pull that too. That's you know some vast conspiracy that they're, they're going to destroy the white race. Well, but they're still they're still talk. Harry. They're still working out all the kinks. That's all. This this AI, AI yeah. thing is it takes a little tweaking right? to make sure it's yeah. going to be palatable for everybody, right? A lot, of, a lot of bugs, yeah. And okay. speaking of uh, crisis, the the main crisis du jour, you know, of course, is the the illegal immigrants. Uh, and I, it just astounds me that these people, so many people who call them good good Christians, uh, have no compassion, no or no empathy for these people. You think about it. How, what would it take for you to pull up, er, throw, uh, leave everything you have behind, put up a few uh, articles on your back, and walk a couple thousand miles to you know to some unknown de- you know thing destination? You know, don't you just with hopes that something's going to be better for where you are? How much would it do? What would it take for you to do that? Well, I will. I mean, may I, may I answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, well, uh, to me personally, uh, having been born and raised in the United States, right, uh, a free country. Uh, having had the privilege to and the and the privilege to vote and to be able to uh, get educated and get a job and raise a family in 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 a country that has truly been blessed, right? I literally right. cannot imagine what it would take for me, uh, how desperate I would have to be to pull up stakes, leave my family behind, and and walk uh, two thousand miles or whatever to try to illegally enter another country and in hopes that something good might happen. Right. Yeah. I mean. So. I mean. To me, it's just most of uh, obviously it's just people looking for a better life. They want to say, "Well, look at all these Chinese co- people coming over." Well, yeah, and so they might be spies. That's they, a terrible way to put spies in a country. They might be. They might be. 
if you want spies, you're going to put them someplace where they got access to knowledge, to power. You don't send them over the border with nothing. I mean, you'd have maybe students, maybe professors, maybe you know diplomats, somebody who has actually access to information and power. I mean, the idea that these people are, I mean, and they're coming from, what, China? That's a wonderful country. You can't imagine why they're leaving China, can you? I mean, geez. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, uh, but it's, to me, it's always, you know, it's, of course, it's a crisis. To me, it's, it's a problem. You know, there, of course, there's a problem with, you know, them coming in the hospitals. They can fix it, though. They can just say, make it easier for people who want jobs to come across, but you can't get a job unless you have, you know, go through this, the system, you know, but right now, we don't let them do, even do that. So they, they uh, uh, declare they want amnesty, or not amnesty, but uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, where they're, you know, they're. Uh, Immunity. Uh, we're, yeah, they want to come from. Uh, they're worried about their lives, right? They're worried about. So, you know, it's this. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, re- it's refugee status, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. So they come asking for that because it's the only, only way they can get across. And if they laid it, made it just easier for people to get green cards and work and make a living, you know, they're not going to be citizens for how many, you know, they can put how many years you want before they can become a citizen. So they're not going to vote. They're just going to be there and, you know, make it a little easier for them. And that all of a sudden there won't be so many refugees. There'll be people who just want a job. And you can actually see who coming in and, you know, uh, background them or, you know, background check on them and everything else. So, but this. It's, uh, we're also worried about these poor people who just want to get a better life. I mean, you know, what Jesus said, uh, when you, uh, something about, oh, uh, they said, well, when did you, we see you old or poor or feed you? When did we, you know, see you a stranger and uh, welcome you? And said, so, well, when you did this to the least of these, you did to me. So, I mean, you know, if you're a good Christian, you should be. Uh, that's one thing about the Catholic Church. They do put their money where their mouth is. They are helping people. That's one thing. I, I really appreciate the Catholic Church well, actually doing, be, following it, Jesus' b- teaching. B- believe it or not, there are a lot of churches that are doing exactly what you're saying, not just the Catholic churches. So I wish you wouldn't cast yeah. such a broad net. Well, okay, well, yeah, but they're they're the most visible, I think, Catholic. But yeah, I, I agree, yeah, there's a lot of other ones that do it. And they're doing what God's works. But uh, other, so many other people are just, oh, it's the worst thing in the world, these these refugees, they're they're poisoning the, the nation blood. They're they're vermin. They're infestation. All these words they keep using for these people. They're human beings. Give them a little a little empathy, a little compassion. You know, maybe you follow what Jesus said. It'd be kind of nice if you actually did. All right. I hope and I hope you will too, Harry. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not a Christian, so I don't. You know, <laughs> well, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but still, you know. Yeah, uh, but I, I, still, I have more compassion for them than the people who do claim okay. to be Christians. All right, so, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. All right, Harry. Thank you. Okay, 721-1290 is our number. Ed is waiting. Ed, good morning. You're on Talkback. What's on your mind, sir? Go ahead. Yeah, just quickly here. Uh, one point. Uh, there are about 8.5 billion people uh, in the world. Correct. And how many of those would walk across our border, southern border, if they could, if they could get here? About a billion, do you think? <laughs> I'm not proposing that, but uh, there's a humongous number of people who would if they could. Uh, but uh, talking about the particulate matter and switching to uh, 2.5 micron yeah. uh, stuff, uh, Missoula's 
uh, point of measurement, place of measurement, was malfunction junction. Remember that machine that was sitting there, or the equipment that was sitting over there? I remember. Uh, sniffing up the uh, tailpipes yes. of, of, <laughs> of, of cars that, uh, that sat there on a cold cold morning. I got to remember. We, we went to oxyfuels, uh, okay, we went to ethanol uh, in there to supposedly get rid of that. And by golly, it did decrease, but if you graph it out, you can't tell where we, when we started uh, uh, the the ethanol in gasoline. You can't tell. Improvement in car uh, operation uh, and car mechanics uh, really saved the day for us at Malfunction Junction, and it got down below the limit. And uh, we didn't worry about it anymore, but it was, uh, you know, I got rid of my 68 Chevy. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that, that helped the air quality in Missoula, let me tell you. Okay, so uh, now, Ed, Ed, in Ed, any of it. Ed, Ed, do you remember, do you remember when uh, all the proposals were brought forward to try to fix malfunction junction, all the different oh. scenarios? that they, and, and then they came up with what we have now, which is you go over, under, around, and through, right, with all the different detours yeah. and whatever, just, try, just trying to make the traffic flow more smoothly so that people weren't sitting there for 20, 30 minutes. On a, on a cold yeah, p- pollu- it, it, polluting that one, that one intersection, which is why it was uh, properly named malfunction junction. There was a bridge proposed right. that would go up, right. up in the an uh, overpass, air and an overpass, under. an underpass, and all sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we could have an overpass to nowhere. No, uh, it, it would be going somewhere. You bet. Uh, so, in, in any event, that was a interesting. Uh, uh, part of uh, Missoula history yeah. of what happened. Now, at I, I think I think the city did the best it could with what it had uh, to 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 make that happen. I, you know, people kind of chuckled at it, but uh, you know, once you've used it for a while, it's no big deal. If if people would have just left ten more feet between you know the car in front of you. We would have solved the problem right there. Okay. We would have diluted the right. particulate matter. All right, man. Okay. Thanks for the call. We're going to come right back and get Liz and Emmett's calls uh, right after this. Phone lines are open for another eight minutes for open phones. We'll be right back after this. We've all got Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast in the Town Square Weather Center, often on snow showers the first part of this week. But any snow that accumulates in the valley should stay under half an inch, although a little heavier snow is possible at past levels. The chance of snow could run as high as 60 to 70 percent at times through Wednesday. Mostly cloudy skies and temperatures cooler than the past few days, with highs near 35 Monday, around 30 degrees on Tuesday, and back in the upper 30s on Tuesday. Overnight lows down to 20 degrees and upper teens in the outlying areas. Okay, we are back. This is Talkback, 721-1290. That's our number. It's open phones for another eight minutes or so. And let's get Liz on the line. She's been waiting the longest. Liz, thank you so much for holding. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, air quality is on my mind here. And it seems that we might be choking on asphalt fumes and carcinogenic particulates that are going to be placed in the air. The Western Materials operates the Hendrix Pit in uh, Florence, in the part of Florence that resides in Missoula County. Prior uh, ownership of that pit uh, somehow uh, obtained uh, zoning compliance permits from the Office of Zoning and Grants uh, throughout several years there. 
And this is a residential area. We are zoned residential. We are DD40. We have been a residential area since 1976. And the Missoula County Attorney's Office confirmed that the Office of Zoning and Grants does not have or did not have the authority to award any zoning and compliance permits to the Hendricks uh, pit. So this is ongoing. And then, ironically, in the public hearing at the county commissioners, the Missoula County Commissioners public hearing Thursday, there was uh, some folks from um, Times there over in Bonner, and they were uh, objecting to a variance of someone splitting their dividing out their properties to smaller parcels when they're all large parcels. Well, the county commissioners said. Well, I'm sorry, you know, you're unzoned. Uh, if you were zoned, you know, maybe we could do something about it. But being unzoned, private party uh, uh, rights, private property rights mm-hmm. will prevail. So, sorry. So then our case comes up, too, after that. And they're, and here they want to approve. The city wants to, uh, the county wants to approve asphalt production and cement production or concrete production where none of the none of the neighbors have ever been noticed that hey give here's what's going to happen give your input on this you know i mean things have just snowballed and errors have been made all along the way so i would say to anyone in the bitter root in lolo florence stevensville wherever if you're concerned about your air quality to please send your emails to BCC, which of course stands for the, that's the Board of uh, County Commissioners. Right. BCC at MissoulaCounty.us. And you can also find more information about Missoula on MissoulaCountyVoice.com. In the right hand margin of that, you'll find the PDF uh, documents. And there's one from the folks that purchased the McClay Ranch that have been establishing an organic farm. Now and now, these folks want to want to arbitrarily and nefariously, in my opinion, bring in asphalt production and put these particulates in there. So, please have a look at MontanaCountyVoice.com. Yeah, uh, we appreciate that. By, by the way, we we endeavor to try to have county talk on as often as possible. It isn't quite so much now because of our uh, changed schedule, but we'll try to get that scheduled as quickly as we mm-hmm. can. Uh, let, let, let's try to get one more call on before we have to take our uh, final break of the hour. Emmett, good morning. You're on Talkback. You have two minutes. Go. Well, thanks for taking my call. Well, a couple of things. One, about, about Harry's point about, you know, Christians and illegal immigration. Well, I'm all for refugees <coughs> coming into the country legally if they're refugees. I am a Catholic. But what we're concerned about is an open border where illegal immigrants, and I am keep having this, illegal immigrants who do bring fentanyl, do bring gangs and crime are coming in in just swarms. It is an invasion. President Biden does have the authority to, to close the border because um, these, a lot of these illegal immigrants, not legal, are, but legal, are illegal, are dangerous. Many of them are, yes. Jesus did say, feed the hungry, welcome the stranger, but that was the legal immigrants or refugees, not the illegal ones trafficking in drugs. 
Um, but second of all, I do want to say for everyone who's a skeptic about the COVID vaccines and that kind of thing, well, guess what? I think they have saved my life. I do have COVID. That's the big breaking news. That's what I've been sick with. I would have gone to the doctor earlier, but that crazy holiday weekend made the buses run very badly. Anyway, on my last day of the COVID, I took Paxlovid and everything, but if it hadn't been for the vaccines, I probably would be in the hospital or dead. There's a lot of COVID going around. If you're sick, you might want to get it tested. There's a lot of COVID. It's a nasty disease. That's not a conspiracy, nor the vaccines. All right. They didn't prevent me from getting COVID, but they may have saved my life. Well, so Emmett, Emmett you, you just relax and feel better, sir. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for the call. Okay. That's, that's going to do it for this uh, segment of Open Phones. We appreciate all of your input. Uh, agree or disagree? That's kind of what this is all about. Bob Seidenschwartz joining us here. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good morning to you. You bet. Good and morning, we have Missoula. special guest coming up in yeah, the next hour. Uh, we've got the uh, recently appointed Council General from Seattle, uh, Council General Gupta from India. Okay, we're going to come right back. We'll talk with him. Uh, he'll obviously be on the phone. And, of course, taking your phone calls at 721-1290. We'll be back after this quick timeout. This is Talkback, 721-1290 or 1-800-568-5309. This is News Talk KGVO, AM 1290 and 98.3 FM, KGVO, Missoula's news and weather station. Welcome uh, once again, ladies and gentlemen, hour number two of Talkback is underway. Brought to you this morning by Gomer's U.S. Diesel Parts. About how cold it might get, Gomer's has exactly what you need to make sure your rig starts every time located at Palmer and West Broadway. Why West Storage out at the Y on Two Smokes Way? Find out if they have a, a storage unit for you by calling 406-510-0590 because of Why West, they're making room for you. Phillips Janitorial, where they offer both residential and commercial cleaning. And your satisfaction is guaranteed every time. Call 406-260-6617 and by Harrington Surgical Supply, where their mission remains the same, to restore confidence and comfort in your daily life. The views and opinions expressed on TalkBack are not those of the staff, management, or advertisers. Okay, we are thrilled. Uh, the Montana World Affairs Council back in the studio in the in the person of uh, Mr. Bob Seidenschwartz. Bob, good morning. Good morning to you, Peter. Good morning, Nick, and good morning, Missoula. You bet. Uh, we've got a very special guest that you're going to be introducing all the way from Seattle. You bet. For the first time ever, and uh, we are thrilled to have him. Prakash Gupta is a career diplomat from the Indian Foreign Service. He served in various capacities in Beijing, Shanghai, Indian Mission to the United Nations in New York, and in Jakarta. His most recent assignment in New Delhi included his stewardship in India's tenure at the UN Security Council. He was pivotal in piloting the International Day of Yoga Resolution at the United Nations. He was also part of the planning preparations for India's hosting of the successful G20 Summit in New Delhi. He's now been assigned to lead India's first consulate in Seattle as the Consul General of India in Seattle. And uh, so we are proud to welcome uh, Prakash Gupta uh, here to our, our uh, to, to talk back. So good morning, sir, and welcome. Good morning so much, and thank you for having me today. Look forward to connecting through you to with Montana. While this is a radio appearance for me, I really look forward to being there in person to your wonderful state. Thank you and, for having me. And we look forward to welcoming you. Um, I mean, I, I, as I say, all politics is local, but uh, the world is a part of Montana as we are a part of the world. So uh, this has been something for myself personally long awaited. 
We've had many conversations regarding many different countries, different regions, but we have yet to have somebody representing India, one of the most important and emerging countries on the global scale. So welcome to Missoula, Montana, and to our audience. So uh, let's get started. Can you can you give us a little background? Peter, read your introduction. You're the first appointed council general from India in Seattle. So you're not very far away from Missoula. In fact, about seven and a half hours by car and by radio instantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's that whole telephone thing. Yeah. It works really good. So what, what I want to do for the benefit of the audience is to give a little foundational background. So can you explain, of course, uh, your appointment to the Seattle Consulate and also set the stage for us by giving us some background on India? Sure. Thank you so much. Look, the appointment of the Indian Council General here was linked to India establishing its first consulate in the Pacific Northwest. While we had the first formal announcement somewhere in 2015, it took us some time eventually getting here. What set the stage, I would say, for the consulate to physically come last year here was when the Indian Prime Minister visited on a state visit to Washington in June 2023 last year, which is about seven months back. Both India and the U.S. agreed that the next centerpiece of the world's most uh, important bilateral strategic partnership is going to be technology. And with that in mind, and given that all that happens in this greater Seattle area on the technology front, given Microsoft, Amazon, and the others, we agreed that India will take steps to operationalize its consulate before end of 2023. So that decision made in our joint statement between the two leaderships set the stage for us with a specific timeline. And that's what made our small team sail across and come across to Seattle. We came here in the middle of November. It's been three months now. Um, we are in the process of firming up of our team, getting our office space organized, and establishing contacts and outreach. Our area of jurisdiction from where we are actually covers the nine Northwest states of Washington, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, Alaska, Nebraska, Wyoming, North Dakota, and South Dakota, making it geographically one of the largest areas being covered by any Indian consulate in the US. We are now the sixth Indian consulate after New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Atlanta, and Houston. Uh, in terms of what the India story looks like, I am very happy to inform you that India, the world's largest democracy, is also today the world's fastest growing economy. While the global economic growth rate last year was on an average close to 3.1%, India remained in a sense a beacon of hope clocking close to 7.1%. Uh, that's how big the economic growth story in India is. And in terms of scale, we are now the world's most populous country with a demographic dividend that no country in the world has presently. And when I say demographic dividend, it means that 65% of the 1.4 billion people are in the age group of 18 to 35. More than half of 1.4 billion people are still under 30. And that's the way it's supposed to be for the next 20 years plus. So there's a huge aspirational youth in India willing to look at the global market, taking advantage of the global market. So there are lots of positive things happening. We are also 
at this point of time poised to very soon enter the world's largest democratic exercise. India would be heading into its polls very soon. And I can tell you that given the entire India experience of technology, trade, education, um, tourism, connectivity, and how we have voiced the concerns of the global south on the international stage, our G20 presidency included, the incredible India experience today has actually metaphors metamorphose itself into the inevitable India story. So I leave it at that and let, I, I look forward to your next well, question. Council General, this is Peter. I, I, I am eager to have you come to Montana, uh, the fourth largest state in size with just over one million people. <laughs> <laughs> so when you come to Missoula, you're going to see a lot of wide open spaces when you get here. So we're, we're going to take a quick commercial break. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Our guest on the phone, Indian Consul General Prakash Gupta. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, join the conversation. We're just getting started for a full hour of the Montana World Affairs Council on the radio right after this. You want the best. Dennis Bragg with your updated forecast in the Town Square Weather Center, often on snow showers the first part of this week. But any snow that accumulates in the valley should stay under half an inch, although a little heavier snow is possible at past levels. The chance of snow could run as high as 60 to 70 percent at times through Wednesday. Mostly cloudy skies and temperatures cooler than the past few days, with highs near 35 Monday, around 30 degrees on Tuesday, and back in the upper 30s on Tuesday. Overnight lows down to 20 degrees and upper teens in the outlying areas. Hey, we are back on Talkback, and uh, when was the last time you could uh, turn to your your neighbor and say, you know what, I was listening to KGVO, and they had the Indian Consul General Prakash Gupta on for a whole hour. So, Bob, please go ahead. Yeah, uh, you guys didn't get to hear this, and I'm not going to go into it, but I probably gave him (laughs) about 23 different variations of questions. Uh, Let's start with, when you mentioned that you've had a position in, in China, you're in Seattle, you're really in the middle of the Pacific Rim countries, which are so important, and then, of course, Seattle on the West Coast. And then as you move inland into Montana, you mentioned technology. Montana is becoming, in certain parts of the state, a tech hub. So give us a little insight in terms of the role of a council general and the importance of ultimately when you visit to Montana to connect these various parts that you alluded to. Um, Thank you so much, Bob. Look, as I told you, Technology is going to be the centerpiece of the India-US bilateral partnership. There's something we launched towards end of 2022, which was called the Initiative on Critical and Emerging Technologies, where both countries are coordinating, doing joint research, joint manufacturing in a lot of industries uh, pertaining to the technology sector. Uh, Well, you also know that a lot of what is happening in cities of India, like Hyderabad and Bangalore, is intrinsically connected to what happens on the tech front, either here in Seattle or in some other places in this area. So what we are here to provide is a seamless integration in terms of sometimes there are um, certain products that are conceived in Hyderabad and Bangalore in the idea stage and maybe worked upon and developed in the labs of Microsoft here. Or sometimes there are products that come out here and then they are taken to the next level in those two cities. So what we are here to do is to support and provide a seamless integration and movement of people between the two sides, as well as to make sure that the right kind of groups are connecting with each other. When I say right kind of groups, uh, the right kind of stakeholders, the right kind of tech companies. 
So what we are planning to do is somewhere towards the second half of this year, we will be getting a group of high-tech companies from India as part of a delegation to visit this area. And given the potential that Montana now has as an emerging tech hub, I would be happy to schedule a stop in Montana, whether it's Boisman, whether it's Selena, at some stage so that they could connect with their counterparts in Montana and take it forward. But another thing that I'm very optimistic about Montana is trade in agriculture. I know there's a lot of trade happening between India and the United States in the agriculture sector. Montana is also plush with agricultural goods. So that's something we would like to promote. There are lots of apples that go from the state of Washington to India. I hope there are Indian mangoes that can come into this part. Similarly, uh, there's a lot of potential for Indian variants of coffee and cherries and blueberries from this side into India. So uh, and trade in agriculture is another thing that we would like to focus on when it comes to Montana. There's um, also the possibility of linking up with good centers of higher education that are there in Montana State. Uh, uh, can we get faculty exchange programs going? Um, can we get greater understanding and appreciation of India amongst the young minds in Montana who are in these colleges? We would really like to scale up the India story at these university campuses through organizing things like India Culture Week, uh, joint research projects and bilateral exchanges. So, when, thank you very much for that. These are multifaceted, very complicated. They, they really kind of cover a host of different issues from trade, tariffs, what these relationships look like. It, it's, it, it's a process that we are honored to be able to at least have this conversation with you first here in Montana. And then, as you are alluding to, introducing the potential for visits and exchanges, what we have learned and what we do understand is these things take time. It's not enough to say we've got blueberries. You have to develop the cultural relationships. You have to develop the trust issues. Uh, we have long said that when you come to Montana, as I think it's true anywhere, you're dealing with people face-to-face. And in Montana, people want to see you face-to-face. They want to be able to shake your hand, look you in the eye for relationships to be developed. So. I'm sharing some of this with you because I hope this becomes a part of what is necessary to develop these relationships. Also, also, I'm I'm hoping that uh, when you have the opportunity to come to Montana, specifically Missoula, that you'll have a chance to visit the University of Montana and the Mansfield Center for International Studies, which uh, is known around the world for uh, uh, helping to create and uh, and emphasize and encourage uh, communication with other countries. And I'm sure India would be a wonderful addition to that. Yes, certainly. Thank you so much. Look, I fully agree that face-to-face and in-person interactions are the cornerstone of diplomacy and the starting point for any connection to eventually kick off. And in that sense, if you would recall, just a couple of years back, COVID experience was a very big setback in terms of engagement. While the virtual medium was a substitute, but it wasn't a substitute to what an in-person, a face-to-face conversation brings to the table. So I'm really looking forward to my Montana visit. I'm looking at early April, middle of April, so that we establish contact and take these things going. I also agree that some of these trading issues take long time to gestate and fructify, but it's never... Uh, too late to begin, at least, and initiate this conversation. 
My mandate here is to explore what the best of this region has for India and what India can bring to this region. And from that perspective, when I state, when I, when I engage with the Agricultural Commission or with the trade interlocutors, we will make these recommendations through our embassy to the respective ministries of commerce to see if it will be actualized in a year to a next two-year time frame. But we must look at the potential. At least we are here to identify now what's the best available. And thank you so much for this suggestion on the uh, Mansfield Institute of International Studies. Looking forward that when I come, I can get to engage with them. And maybe we could start the India Culture Week at that very educational institute to begin with later in the year. The India Culture Week is a very good template that brings a call all immersive experience of India to university campuses. It includes an Indian film festival, an Indian food festival, an Indian cultural dance performances, uh, an Indian exhibit, a lecture series by eminent Indian personalities, uh, a kind of a B2B session if the university is interested in it for its students that could focus on tech, trade, education or something else. But it brings a whole array, a gamut of experiences that showcase the best of India. And we are really looking forward to taking such an experience very soon in Antina, bringing it to for the people and young minds of Montana. Sounds great. With that, we're up against another break. Uh, by the way, the fo- our phone lines are open. If you have a question or a comment for Indian Consul General Prakash Gupta, he's on the phone with us till 10 o'clock this morning. 721-1290 is our number, 1-800-568-5309. Or if you'd like, you can use the KGVO app and we'll uh, use the message us button. We'll pass that along as well. We'll be right back after this. Hello, this is Pastor. How was your job to school? Let me tell you, I had to get my iced coffee first. I just can't seem to put it down. My favorite rapper just announced a tour. My phone was buzzing like crazy. I'm so excited. I had to text all my friends right then to talk about it. Then someone started calling me and... Let's try that again. I turned my phone off right away. I never drive distracted. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash my account. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov slash PACT to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come to VA. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's Talk Back, the Montana World Affairs Council on the radio. Joining us here in the studio, Bob Seidenschwartz with the Montana World Affairs Council and Indian Consul General Prakash Gupta speaking to us from from Seattle this morning. And so let's uh, let's get Joe on the line. Joe, good morning. You're on with Consul General Gupta. Go ahead, please. Thank you. Yes, the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan allegedly left behind $85 billion worth of uh, military equipment. And uh, it's been said that a lot of that got into Pakistan, which has been a controversial subject with India for a long time. Is that been damaging to the relationship between the United States and India as far as trust? Or 
do you have am I inaccurate in anything I said or what's the uh, the fallout from all of that if you could talk about that all right great. Joe thanks for the call Mr. Gupta go ahead please thank you Joe good morning this is a good morning not from India but this is a good morning from Seattle and very thank you to you for this excellent question from our neighborhood look India when the Afghanistan thing happened and Taliban took over India was also the chair of the UN Security Council in August 152022 at that point of time uh, while we were concerned over the developments in our neighborhood i am happy to inform you that in the UN Security Council India and the United States did work together to ensure that we had a very forward looking and substantive resolution adopted uh, with consensus uh, at that point of time if i remember correctly there were a couple of uh, abstentions but it did go through that un security council resolution which spells out very clear benchmarks for taliban to follow which was the expectation of the international community now the way things have turned up in the last one and a half years or a couple of years may not have been ideal or has gone entirely as per the contents of the resolution but india has worked together with the united states to ensure that the best interests of afghani people are kept at the forefront when we are deciding on the issues pertaining to afghanistan obviously that region has been uh, to our west has been a kind of a, a geopolitical contestation given the various stakeholders out there but whenever india decides given that afghanistan is in our immediate vicinity vicinity we decide based on the interests of the afghani people we have invested in afghanistan over two decades with close to 3 billion dollars in infrastructure development and projects that help the people of afghanistan so the developments that happened in september in august of 2022 weren't helpful but since then we have taken comprehensive stock and are still committed to ensuring the well-being of the afghani people and with regards to the united states we are committed to working together ours is a strategic partnership that covers the entire gamut of issues from the indo-pacific to south asia and we look forward to working them with them in taking these forward all right thank you for that absent now we have an app question so uh nick please go ahead yeah joel wanted to ask you mr gupta you said congratulations to india for being the fourth country to successfully land a spacecraft on the lunar surface how does this strengthen india's international cooperation and policy technology and commercial development of state or of space sorry uh, uh thank you so much uh, again a very very excellent question look uh the india's lunar mission which we call it mission chandrayaan 3 uh, was a very important milestone in the development of our aerospace industry you also have to look at it at a context india became independent only in 1947 So as a nation we are just 77 years old we have tried several times to make our space story successful but this was really really a landmark because no other country had been able to land at the south pole of the moon before that and there are several interesting facets to that india's moon mission story when that happened uh, you would be happy to know that the core group of scientists that developed that india's lunar mission and took it to success more than half of them comprised women scientists at the indian space research organization now this 
was also a stellar success in India's gender empowerment story. If most of our moon missions were planned by women scientists, it, it spoke a lot about the potential that women had to contributing to India's scientific journey. Uh, with regards to where it takes us in terms of next steps, as I said, the aerospace industry is a very important factor of cooperation between India and the United States. We have recently enacted laws that allow for 100% FDI into aerospace industry. At this point of time, we are looking at collaborations with the U.S. companies, and I know there are lots that are based in the greater Seattle area, SpaceX, Blue Origin, other companies. There's a lot of procurement of parts that goes into our space missions. That could be a potential area of cooperation. So we are looking at also linking up Indian aerospace companies with their counterparts here in the U.S., and that will remain a very top priority area for us. Sir, we, we, we've got to go to a break here, but I want to pose this question for you to think about. I want you, when you come back, to give us a sense of the scale, not only just, of course, of the population you mentioned, but the people engaged in terms of engineers, scientists, mathematicians. Uh, you talk about bringing uh, more women into the fold. So I think we're going to be a little bit surprised to hear about how massive this scale is within India. And then we'll take the conversation from there. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll do that when we come back. By the way, the phone lines are open. 721-1290 is our number. 1-800-568-5309. Our guest on the phone for the first time ever, Indian Consul General Prakesh Gupta. He'll be with us for another, oh, 15 minutes or so. We have to let him go at 9.50. So we'll be right back. If you have a question or comment, phone lines are open. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on Talk Back, and we have Dave waiting on the line. But, uh, Bob, you had a very important question to ask uh, uh, Consul General Gupta. Please go ahead. Yeah, uh, please provide us with some sense of the scalability. When you're talking about this drive towards uh, technology, that that is not done without the education and human capital component. So explain to us how many people in India, a country that is already or approaching 1.4 billion people, but is under the age of 30 for a substantial part of that population, which is critical. How many people are involved? What's the university and educational systems like that are producing what's required to meet and to move forward with what we're describing here? Thank you, Bob. Uh, A good question when you talk about terms of scale, size, and delivery in India. Uh, As the world's most populous nation now, we recently overtook China as the world's most populous nation uh, and the demographic dividend that you have, as rightly pointed out, is 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 amazing in the sense that we have uh, 65% of our population in the age group of 18 to 35. But let me give you a, some statistics to let you know the scale of when we talk about India, what does it mean to be a developing country and still giving these kinds of results. So today we are the world's fifth largest economy. Very soon we will be third largest. We are not only growing bigger, but we are growing faster. And when I say growing faster, when we grow, the world grows. When we became the world's fastest growing economy, we grew our solar capacity by 2,300%. 2,300%. That's an astounding number in terms of renewables of what we did. We became the only G20 country to meet its Paris commitment by making renewables account for over 40% of our energy sources. And that was nine years ahead of the SDG target of 2030. In the last nine years, we have given 40 million homes 
to over 150 million people. That's nearly the six times the population of Australia. <laughs> we have taken banking to the world's largest financial inclusion program in which nearly 500 million people have benefited, which is more than the population of our host country here. In the last nine years, we have also undertaken the world's largest digital public infrastructure revolution in terms of scale, size and delivery. And again, these numbers may boggle you, but over a billion people got a unique digital biometric identity connected with their bank accounts and mobile phones. 850 million people received direct benefit financial transfers into their accounts. Three times a year, over 150 million farmers receive assistance in their bank accounts at the click of a button. And the value of such transfers alone has crossed $325 billion. And we have saved close to $25 billion in this process. Last year, out of every 100 real-time digital payments in the world, 46 happened in India. Now, farmers in India check weather updates, the elderly get social security payments, student access scholarships, deliver telemedicine, fishermen check fishing grounds, and small businesses get loans, all with a tap on their phones. That's how we are operating in terms of scale on the digital side. When it comes to the gender side, you would be happy to note that a woman has risen from a humble tribal background to be our head of state. And we have nearly 1.5 million elected women leaders at various levels in local governments. Today, women servers in the Army, Navy and the Air Force. India also surprisingly has the highest percentage of women airline pilots in the world. And Indian women, as I was telling you, were the cornerstone of taking us into our lunar mission as well as our solar mission. So there are a lot of good things that's happening on scale in terms of the education system that brings this demographic dividend forward and the youthful population. Look, this is a youth dividend that is English speaking, aspirational, skilled in very good IT, finance, startups is the big next big thing for the Indian youth. So there is a lot of potential for collaboration on each of these between India and the United States. Some of the numbers that I have said may be very uh, exponential in scale, but these are real stats that have brought us to where we are in terms of the way our economy is doing. Okay, we do have a couple of callers waiting to visit with you. We'll start with Dave. Dave, good morning. You're on with Consul General Prakash Gupta. Go ahead, please. Yeah, good morning. I know you guys, you consider yourself a non-aligned country, but you bought a lot of cheap oil from Russia and you, and you bought a lot of military equipment from Russia over the years. I'm curious if you're reevaluating that position as, as a supporter of Russia by buying all that stuff or are you steady holding the course? All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, go ahead. Mr. Gupta. Thank you, Dave, for your question. Uh, look, India's relationship with other countries stands on its own footing. We have a relationship with Russia that goes back to several, several decades, starting from our independence. The specific question that you raise with regards to oil purchases, look, we are not the only country in the world that's purchasing oil. We, as I told you, are the world's largest uh, population. We have to secure the national interests of our own people when it comes to purchases. And our external affairs minister on several times has been proposed with this question as to why are we purchasing oil 
from country A, B or C. And his response has always been that wherever we get the best uh, interests served for Indian people, we will take that into account and move forward. So that's what has been the case. But the fact is that you should also look at it that we are not the only ones who are into the oil dependency. We are also trying to diversify. And it's not just one country that we are purchasing oil from. We are looking at all markets. And with that, we're we're up against another break. Skip is waiting to visit with you. Again, our our guest on the phone right now uh, from all the way from Seattle is Indian Consul General Prakash Gupta. And we'll continue for another 10 minutes here on TalkBack. Hi, I'm Carson Kressley. Of all the resources in the world, kindness is the most precious. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect animals in disasters, on farms, on the silver screen, and in zoos and aquariums caring for the world's vanishing creatures. You can help, too, by making humane choices every day. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more caring and compassionate world for all of us. And we are back on TalkBack. 721-1290 is our number. Montana World Affairs Council rolling right along for another 10 minutes or so. Our guest on the phone, Indian Council General Prakesh Gupta. We do have another caller on the line, and that is Skip. Skip, good morning. You're on with Prakesh Gupta. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Peter. Thank you. I hope you had a nice weekend. Uh, I, I, I was blown away and almost forgot my question when I heard all of the the statistics that you were you were telling about your country, uh, especially about biometrics and uh, and and the uh, digital footprint that, that you talked about, but my question had to do with something that I I actually asked Dr. Keir and Dr. Mears about, and they touched on 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 the the extraordinary over a long length of time the. The struggle between Pakistan and India, I'm, I, I will, in, in a guess, say probably about Kashmir and then also old cultural things. Could you tell us how touchy is the situation between Pakistan and India? Both countries have small nuclear weapons, tactical things. Is, is it something we have to keep our eye on or, or are things pretty cool right now? I'll just leave it like that. And please, right. sir. Uh, Tell, tell us what's happening there. Appreciate it. Thank you for the call, Skip. Okay, uh, uh, Mr. Gupta, go ahead, please. Thank you for this excellent question, Skip, and thank you for your praise on the on the digital part of the India success story. Uh, I think it's still in the works, and the best is yet to come. With regards to your question on the India-Pakistan equation presently, look, uh, we have had problems pertaining to terrorism from across our borders in our northern uh, part of our country. Um, we have always conveyed to Pakistan through official and bilateral channels that terrorism and talks cannot go on at the same time. Terrorism must end for a meaningful conversation to take place. Um, so that's where uh, the the peace in terms of engagement with Pakistan is. We really hope that uh, Terrorism as an instrument of statecraft is not pursued when it comes to uh, bilateral dialogue with India. Uh, and we, we that will be our premise going forward. Uh, at this point of time, where India finds itself generally in South Asia, we have a neighborhood where we are uh, 
deeply invested and committed in making sure that our regional partners in South Asia develop together with the growth of India. India is the world's fastest growing economy. And we do hope that with bilateral trade taking place with most of our other South Asian neighbors, the region can collectively prosper. That's what our eventual hope is. Yeah, you, you mentioned the neighborhood that you're in. Um, tough neighborhood. You've got China. You've got Pakistan on your border. You are close neighbors to countries in the Middle East, uh, Russia. So we sometimes have a hard time in our country here, given the separation of our landmass and waters, understanding really not just years, but centuries of the history of different countries in different regions. So give us a little bit of just kind of understanding, and I know we only have a few minutes here. We have five minutes. Uh, as, as to the balancing act that's very important for India, because you mentioned like on the energy side, you've got to get your resources where you can. You're not a country that's endowed with some of the resources of others. So uh, uh, please, uh, a couple of comments on that. Sure. Uh, Very rightly, as you said, uh, it's not an ideal neighborhood in which India finds itself, given the way strategic interests uh, play out in that part of the world. But with the United States, we are really committed to making sure that in what we call the Indo-Pacific region, we work together, including in South Asia, to promote the shared interests that India and the U.S. together pilot uh, globally. And and this ranges from, uh, I would say, strategic convergence in a lot of areas. We want to promote, along with the United States, a rules-based order where uh, people of the region grow and benefit collectively. And in that sense, India's digital programs, particularly the digital public infrastructure, are being emulated in a lot of, uh, I would say particularly the payment systems, are being emulated in India's neighborhood as well. We recently had India's digital public program in the terms of how we operate digital payments initiated on a pilot basis in one of our neighbors in Bhutan. Similarly, we also had something towards the Middle East in UAE where again our payment system was recognized and initiated together between the Prime Minister and the Premier there at that at, and, and that was also a very big good success story. So while we are looking at our region with a larger lens of ensuring what our Prime Minister calls Sabka Saath, Sabka Vikas, which is uh, taking development together for everyone and going forward. Uh, that's the that's the root ethos in which we come from. We also have something in India, which is most of our ancient belief. And again, uh, you go 5,000 years, the South Asia region was one contiguous entity. At that time, we had this philosophy of what we call Vasudhev Kutumbukam, which is the world is one's family. And that was also <coughs> one of the defining themes of our G20 presidency, where we tried to take everyone along as member of a family. And when they did the G20 presidency, our theme was one earth, one family and one future. Um, we advanced the spirit of unity across the G20 nations. And when you talk about the energy requirements, yes, you are very right, given the size of India, We have to diversify our entire energy requirement because we are not having all our energy resources come from within. We have recently taken up something called in the the renewable energy space, an initiative called the One Sun, One World and One Grid that is seeking to join all member states in connecting the world with one clean energy. Similarly, 
in the area of health sector because given the size of our population, health is also important. We have a concept called One Earth, One Health, which is a vision for global action to bring quality health care, uh, including um, animals, plants, everyone, to make sure that we get the best in terms of health care. And uh, just last year, we also celebrated something called the International Year of Millets to promote sustainable agriculture and nutrition uh, amongst the world, and that was through the platform of the United Nations. So energy, yes, it will be a key factor determining ahead. But when we look at our equation with the United States, it occupies a very, very special place. Uh, we know that when an American phone maker invests in India, it creates an entire ecosystem of jobs and opportunities in both countries. Similarly, when India and the U.S. work together on semiconductors and critical materials, it helps the world in making supply chains more diverse, resilient, and reliable. So we were working together across a lot of areas. So now the U.S. is one of our most important defense partners. Today we are working together in the space, in the seas, in science as well as in semiconductors, in startups and in sustainability, in technology and in trade, in farming and finance. And I'm just giving you a breadth of the area of the partnership that the U.S. and India relationship now covers. It's art and artificial intelligence. It's energy, education, healthcare, and humanitarian efforts. In fact, as part of the Quad mechanism, we have given aid across the world in disaster relief and assistance. So what I would say that in to, to conclude is that our India-U.S. relationship is poised for a momentous takeoff. It has a momentous future, and that future is today. And we look forward to working with the United States and scaling this up. And I really would like to once again thank both of you, Bob and Peter, for scheduling this for me. And I look forward to my Montana visit very soon to take some elements of what we have discussed today on this platform of the World Affairs Council, actually make it a reality, hopefully in the next couple of years as we commence our operations at the First Consulate here in Seattle. Thank you. Well, sir, uh, we can't thank you enough for taking time to appear with us here today. And um, as a spokesperson for your country, very and eloquent. Seattle, uh, if this is any indication, uh, we look forward to a long and lasting relationship. So and, thank you very much. And you're welcome back on our show anytime, sir. Thank you. Looking right. forward to connecting again. Take care. Take Bye-bye. care now. Thank you so much. All right. We're, we're going to take our last break. And Bob is uh, going to hang out with us for the, the rest of Open Phones for about seven minutes or so. And uh, we do have uh, Marilyn waiting on the phone. Uh, she has a, qu- a comment or question. We're going to come right back. Get her comment uh, when we get back after this one minute. Time out. Visit. Hey, we are back. We have about two, about seven minutes left in our time together for open phones. I want to say thank you to Consul General Prakesh Gupta from uh, the Indian uh, Consulate in uh, in Seattle. So he was uh, spent almost a full hour with us. We appreciate that, Marilyn. You've been waiting very patiently, ma'am. Please go ahead. What's on your mind? Yeah. So um, I hope you'll let me finish. Um, once again, you guys have outdone yourself with bringing on somebody to propagandize the evil white Christian man and woman. And um, I, you know, to be nice, I would have liked to have invited Mr. Gupa, and I will go ahead and do this. 
millions, 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 millions of Indians, please come over to Montana. We have lots of land here. And I hear there's an open border, so you ought to be able to just waltz right in and bring your many uh, gods, your Hindu god specifically, that likes to kill um evil white right. Christian. Um, can, can we Marilyn, Marilyn, we're not we're not going to let you finish that. that. I'm this sorry. Bettering on the ridiculous. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And and uh, I'm 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 sorry. I'm I'm a friend, but I'm not going to tolerate it. And uh it is uh, you you're speaking out of in my opinion out of ignorance and I I just we we try to have people on the phone uh joining us who uh, can add something positive to the conversation uh, when we have people from quite literally all over the world, either in the studio or on the phone. Uh, we're trying to give them an opportunity to to talk to the folks of Montana to explain what what's going on. You have a right to your opinion. That's great. But uh, in this particular case, I feel it was not uh, appropriate. So. I agree. All right. All right. So, so uh, what else is on your mind, everybody? Seven two one twelve ninety is our number. One eight hundred five six eight five three zero nine. Ordinarily, I don't do that, but that just was a little bit beyond the pale. Yeah. So anyway. So Peter, I mentioned to you that um, as I'm listening to this, there's there's never a time with a country as positioned as we are where you're an isolationist. It's it's just. Physically and business-wise and every other way, impossible. So, you know, yet to be determined, but we didn't ask him the question, time did not allow. From what I do understand, the U.S. is growing closer to India on many different levels, militarily and economically. This is a buffer. This is a pushback against the influence of a China or a Russia. Even though they will have their interests, they will have their trade agreements. So it's going to be very interesting to see. There's, there, there is a competition. It's, a, going it's on a massive competition. W- worldwide yeah. for this, the, what this burgeoning country can bring. And believe me, you're it, spot it, on. Yeah, China and Russia and all, all the other mm-hmm. major powers are looking at India, if you will, greedily saying, right. uh, we, we want what you've got. Uh, especially when it comes to technology and the youth of their country, and and I will uh, share with you that they are well aware of this. They are <laughs> they are not going to do what is not in their best interest, right. as we do here or attempt to do as well. Yeah. All so right, we got we a have, caller. Let's. Uh, we don't. We don't have a caller. Oh. Okay, sorry. Yeah. All right. Anyway, seven two one twelve ninety is our number. We have two minutes left. So, uh, what's what's coming up with the Montana World Affair? Well, by, by the way, tell tell us about World Quest. What, what is yeah, it coming up? Uh, thank you. Um, Next week is the beginning, starting on Sunday, going through Monday and Tuesday, the World Quest competition. It has become the largest ever in the entire country. Right. Over 500 students are going to be participating. Governor Gianforte will be there uh, to make some opening remarks. Uh, uh, and Nikki and the team have just worked uh, lights out to present a unbelievable program for these students. But, you know, when I think about... When Mark Johnson and myself presided over the first one, three teams, right, three teams, and now we're looking at the entire ballroom overflowing. Um, but along with that, we're going to have some of the ambassadors and some of the guests that are coming to this competition will be here in studio on Monday and Tuesday to right. also talk about many right. of the issues that we've kind of uh, spoken to today as well. Excellent. All right. So, uh, again, I want to say thank you to all the folks who contributed to Open Phones in the first hour. We appreciate that. And, of course, to uh, Indian Consul General Prakesh Gupta. By the way, if you just tuned in to the end of that 
program and you're fascinated, you want to find out more, uh, is, it is going to be up on our website. Uh, you just go to, uh, to what, what is the, uh, so yeah, if you want to find any old talkback right. episodes, uh, they're podcasted anywhere. Right. Yeah. But if, uh, if you want to go to our website, it's the radio right. on demand. Radio tab, on demand. Thank you. News talk kgvo.com. If you just click that and, uh, click that radio on demand tab, scroll down to talkback. But anywhere you get podcasts, it's probably a little bit easier to listen on there. You know, Spotify, Apple, Google, all those places, wherever you listen. Just search uh, KGBO and talk back and you'll find us. And 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 the nice thing is uh, I, I have used that quite a bit to try to remind myself of, of the things that we've talked about. And it is fascinating to sit and listen to some of those old interviews of the older and, and they're, they're what, several years there? Yeah, they're all there. About two or three years, I would say. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So and we appreciate Nick. You guys have been uh, You continue to be on the cutting edge. Hey, and I've got to ask. Yeah. I tell you, Jacqueline, who was our guest in the studio. Yeah. She won the competition at the oh, Big Sky Documentary. Cool. Yes. Nice. And, uh, uh, awesome. They also went over to the university, and both of them, Nick and uh, Jacqueline, spoke mm-hmm. to the journalism school. They said that one is that was one of the highlights of their career. What's coming up on tomorrow's fabulous show, Mr. Nick? Uh, we're supposed to have uh, Senator Steve Daines on the phone from 815 to 830. Uh, that might be changing. Uh, we will see, but hopefully we'll still have that scheduled. And then it's Econ 101 with Bryce Ward, uh, 9 to 10. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.